0: Our podcast is intended for mature audiences. We'll be using adult language and listener discretion is advised. We like to remind everyone that we don't have all the answers. Our discussions are opportunities for us to understand the world around us with the information that we have. That means we may say things that are inaccurate, false, or possibly offensive. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Hello. (laughs) Everybody.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Everybody, Thriller.
1: It was actually pretty good.
0: So, today's episode, we are in the spirit of October and all things spooky, and we're going to talk about some real-life spookiness and with either personally within us and the obvious crew, or some research that we did on the side. It's going to be cool.
1: Yeah, man.
2: Yeah, Actually, scary podcast is what got me into podcast thing in high school. So I used to listen to like ghost stories and things like that. That's what got me into podcasting. So this might be one of my favorite episodes.
0: Premature.
3: What got you into like spooky stuff in general? Before we get into the meat of all this,
2: I think I've always been um, a, a fan of anything horror. Um, I just really loved anything like that. I think it goes honestly way back to super nintendo when um i got the uh, mortal kombat 3 cartridge you know and then mk3 got me into like you know scary imagery and all sorts of different things and then um are you afraid of the dark on nickelodeon um and then uh what else there were a few really good scary shows goosebumps
4: goosebumps right
2: got me really into it um and I don't know, I just, I've always been really, you know, into that. And just the, um, the moments that you share when you have those experiences, whether you're going into like a haunted forest or you're watching a movie with someone, you know, it's a shared experience that y'all can talk about later, which is what I appreciate about it.
3: So I've had kind of, I'm the exact opposite. I'm not much into spooky stuff. I hate it. My imagination runs wild more than the media I consume, so it's like it capitalizes on that and it makes like life miserable. But I do have things that have made me. I've had I've had media that sent it to me, like Goosebumps, of course. Um, Pokemon Blue, Lavender Town, mm. terrifying. Yeah, that music, that. Fire. Terrifying, absolutely <laughs> terrifying. And then, also in my youth, um, Dragon Quest Five. So I won't I won't like spoil anything, but this is like the very first mission you're on. So, in, so Dragon Quest V, it, it breaks down the protagonist's life into three phases, like childhood, teens, and adulthood. And so you start off as a five-year-old kid and you and one other person end up exploring like uh, a haunted castle and you have to like put some souls to rest and stuff. And like the first thing that happens is like your party member gets taken and then uh, buried alive. And like the scariest riff the scariest riff that an eight bit game or like a 16 bit like midi like riff could make that tone will be forever be burned into my brain because it's gonna <laughs> i turned off the i turned off my game i did not boot it up for another month after that because like my dude's like a five-year-old he was like a five-year-old purple turban wearing dude with a boot like wooden stick and like skeleton stole my party member i was freaked out <laughs> so things like that games definitely have gotten me into that you know And then most notably, like in the modern time, like um, games like Dead Space. And um, there's probably another one in there that I'm forgetting about, but that's fine. Probably for the best.
5: (laughs) Man, y'all thought I wasn't going to be on this episode. I was going to see how long it could last without talking. I agree with you. My uh, scariest game experience was Metal Gear Solid 1. And it was, you know, and I agree with you. It's more of my imagination. And to this day, I fully 100% admit that Metal Gear Solid is the only game that has actually like frightened me. And even I started playing 5 now, and I was like anxious. I've never been anxious playing a game before, but I was anxious. Like I found out what anxiety feels like. (laughs) But I remember the first time you go through the level and you meet Baker and you find the, the you find gray fox who's the ninja the cyborg ninja he's awesome and he cuts off Ocelot's hand and i was just like 10 years old and i was like oh my god this game just showed a guy cutting a hand off and i was over here playing spyro before where it was just like you know fake fireballs and you know playing crash bandicoot and over here like this ninja came up and like cut this dude's hand off grabbed it like turned invisible and like ran away And I was like, what the hell happened? And I had the same experience as Adam, where I turned it off and I was like, I can't beat this level right now. I'll come back to it like in six months or something. So I completely understand. That was
3: like the first frightening experience that I had. I'm telling you, I hate when something makes you do that. Like with Lavender Town, I saw the ghost, I did the same thing, turned off the game. I was like, no. Thank you. I don't even, like, as soon as I was like, at first I thought I was going to be fine because it was, you know, my boy Blastoise has my back. And it was like, Blastoise is too scared to move. And then you just see the text box saying, turn back, turn back. And I was like, no. Shut
4: down. <laughs> yeah, that
2: was, that was really scary, though.
3: How gay old games could make things such like scary world building with like the limited tech that they had is beyond me
0: it was about a week or weekend or two ago where the pokemon symphony came in to richmond and i went with a friend and the composer was talking about how he actually uh compilated and um wrote the compilation for the whole show which was really interesting you got like to see the composer um and not just the conductor himself type of thing but he was talking about how how technology back then was so limited with 8-bit music specifically um not just 16-bit but how effective that music could be because uh at least with pokemon games you weren't allowed more than two tones at a time for the music and like with red, blue, yellow and, and and all the early early games how iconic that music is even though it doesn't really have that much substance going into the talking about the actual original
5: score that exposure man oh. it's, it's the repeat exposure effect it's we've listened to it and our society has listened to that kind of music and specifically like pokemon music like i guarantee you to this day if you hear like the if i say like the battle theme you know exactly what i'm like you just you just heard it
4: like doo-doo-doo. yeah exactly
5: yeah. exactly and you just heard it and it's ingrained in you like it is pretty much indoctrinated into you like even if you were to go deaf you would probably still know what it sounds like because it is so strongly a part of our society or you know a part of our generation at the very least i think
2: in media in general we we tend to take for granted the impact that sound has on the atmosphere or the emotion that something makes you feel like think about a a really bad horror flick and think about how the majority if not half of all the scary elements revolve around the sound you mute that you mute that then it's like it's nothing the realist the realist
1: for this episode that is 100 that's exactly
5: the way i feel yeah 100 percent, man yeah i feel like if you can not score the movie well like as far as horror movies are concerned if it's not scored well Bro, like, there's a reason why The Shining is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sound, the way that that movie is scored, bro, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. awesome.
0: I, when I was a kid, I didn't have a lot of resources to, to play a lot of video games. I just, we just didn't really have the money when I was younger. But we did have a TV and we did have cable. And there was this TV show that was like one of my first instances of something that was spooky called Ghost Rider. Oh, and Yeah. I like, remember
2: Ghostwriter.
1: Do you?
0: Okay. Of course,
2: hundred percent. With the flaming skull. Or... No, no,
0: no, 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 uh, no, 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 It's about no. a no, Ghost
2: Ghostwriter.
1: It's that a typewriter,
2: writer. right? Uh,
0: so it's. Oh, oh Ghostwriter. Ghostwriter. Oh yeah, 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 It's a typewriter. So for the people who don't know, yeah, it's that, it's bro. a it's liminal ethereal being who who talks who yeah, like yeah, talks yeah, yeah. to these kids. Uh, right to write books. these yeah. stories and have these adventures and stuff, and for the longest time, no one, no one remembered this show. But I'm glad other people do, and it's yeah. not like
1: no, 100% a fever dream. <laughs> that, dude, I am all about that. I totally remember that show. So I, I have a conspiracy theory for that. So just go ahead.
0: M- I got Mandela you. effect. Yeah. I got so you. I there's this monster on there that would attack the kids, and it was like a huge arc within the show. It's, like the purple slime monster, and it was just like maybe I don't know two feet tall. Uh purple slime monster that looked like a brain and it had like a pleather shiny coat raincoat on and like a red tie or a red undershirt type of thing but he would like slime all the kids and for some reason it just got me as a kid i was terrified i had to talk to the guidance counselor in my elementary school because i wouldn't sleep it got that serious and i just distinctly remember like talking in the office about this really scary thing to me type of thing and I hadn't gone back into horror for many years be- because of this experience. Um, but one of the few positive things from that kind of creepy genre, horror genre, I did watch a lot of Goosebumps um, mm. when I got older. Like the green mask stick into her face and all that. And like the plant basement type of thing. Those were like the key episodes of my childhood. And... I kind of it kind of died off with the horror because it got a little more spookier because I kind of started to underst- and scarier because I started to understand like the concepts of everything. That's why The Shining was wasn't as scary when I saw it when I was 13 rather when I saw it when I was 23. <laughs> it got scarier within that. Yeah. Um, but one of the traditions that I have and what really got me back into the horror kind of genre of media not just movies itself was a friend and I would make like a a horror movie night with each other. We would go to the grocery store and get like a gallon of chocolate milk and some snacks, and and like get Red Box movies, like two or three Red Box movies, and just binge watch horror movies. And it was just like one of the it was like it's a very powerful memory. and We still sometimes do it
4: yeah.
0: um, nowadays, which is really really awesome. And that's just. It's just gotten me back into it, and I love horror now. I love. I don't necessarily play a lot of horror movie games. Or, I mean, I don't necessarily play a lot of horror games, but I love the horror genre, and I love talking about horror for whoever wants to, and just, like, all-around general spooky stuff. And it made me, like, want to work at a Halloween haunt, which is what I do now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the past four years.
1: 100%. That's actually what I, I was going to say, is that I'm, the, I'm not a big horror gamer. That's not, like... Uh... Particularly, what I you know play when it comes to video games and stuff, but I am a really big into this type of the this time of the year is my Halloween's my favorite holiday of the year. Um, it's just something that like gets me going. I just love
2: because like, you, so a fiend. I
1: know
4: <laughs>
1: over, over <laughs> Thanksgiving about candy obsession. Okay, which is totally true.
0: More than Thanksgiving.
1: More than Thanksgiving. It's really interesting. I obsessed with the time this time of the year in terms of fall, and I love the leaves and the weather changing and become more crisper. Like I have fond memories uh, when I go outside and I smell like very crisp air. More like it's kind of hard to describe, but it's like the smell of burning firewood, but it's like cold outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I have, crispy. Yeah, it's like a
5: crispy smell, and it's like just cold enough. Where you going to smell the smoke of somebody's yeah. chimney? Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. I know what
1: you mean. And, and so I have just very fond memories of yeah. that. And I think that mm-hmm. ties to Halloween. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that you have two holidays that are very close together, close to one another, which is Halloween and, and Thanksgiving. But I, I find more joy in Halloween than I do Thanksgiving. And I think it's just because of the, the added element of horror. And um, so the things that I remember growing up, or uh, I I too was very terrified. It's kind of interesting. I don't get scared of, like video games. Well, then again, I didn't play a lot of horror video games or those types of video games in general. But I got really scared of Metal Gear Solid. Like I, I it's just like the, the the I remember the thing that always still the gets music, to me. Man. Yeah, it was the it music. Everything. Like- yeah. Like I remember growing uh, growing up, and like sometimes I'll be, I would be playing my so the Xbox was upstairs, right? In my parents' room, and I'd be trying to like sneak in a game or something like that. And so <laughs> I'd be like in front of the TV, right? And the the room is dark because I don't want my parents to know that I'm playing the game. Yeah. And so all I remember is hearing um, this is on this is on what uh, PS one right Metal no, Gear Solid one yeah Metal no, Gear yeah. Solid one. All I remember is Snake Snake. And it's like you know like the the music that plays with that like when yeah. you get found. Yeah. Right and you, you and like that—that's your only mission is not to get found. And so I—I I, that's like a terrifying sound to me still. <laughs> is like uh, that—that theme. The game um, over.
5: It's the game over. Yeah, sound. Yeah, the
1: game over sound. Yeah, and they're like find you or whatever. Uh, but then in addition to that, like I was obviously obsessed with the the genre um, as a whole. I, I Goosebumps is obviously a top top five um, when it comes to horror. But in addition, like Tales of the Crypt,
4: um, oh, yeah. that was something
1: that was always scared to me. Um, and then I uh, I was thinking of something else oh so I have when it comes to horror what scares me like actually scares me not like oh I'm really excited it's really fun the things that actually scare me are the things that I can't see so like once I see like all these like movies that have been coming out recently about Conjuring and all those things eventually you see the like the demon or whatever, or the spirit, like, right? And like, it it ruins it in that sense for me. But if I like truly want to be scared, and this is hands down one of the scariest movies I, I'll ever, I have ever seen and probably will ever see is the exorcism of Emily Rose. It's because you actually never, ever see what, 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 what what
2: I agree. Did we see that together? We We might have, actually. I think we all all watched it together. We might have. We might have. I think we might. It's not initially that
1: we definitely rewatched it all together. Yeah. Yeah. But that is by far the The scariest movie that I will ever see. Yeah. The rigor mortis. There was like moments where I, I still dream about stuff like this. Where like, you know, you imagine like, you know, you're in sleep paralysis, right? You think... Um, somebody's like climbing on the bed, but you can't yes. see what it is, right? You and just you see can't like a feel it. yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like you're just there, laying there, right? So those are the things that still um, that still get on my um, like get under my skin, right? And, and uh, I I don't know if you this isn't necessarily scary, but it's kind of scary when you're going through it. So this reminded me of like you reminded me of this story. But do you guys ever go to sleep and have this the same dream every single? time like not maybe every single time you go to sleep but you have the same dream like every maybe once a month yeah. or once every every yeah. yeah. couple months and I'll tell you what
5: mine is go Yeah, ahead. when i was yeah.
1: a kid and i still have this dream and i don't know what it signifies and i'm sure there's an ex- but it's terrifying when i'm going through it and this i think has shaped my you know, the way i get scared and it's like i'm like this uh, everything is i'm a i'm a small thing i'm a small person or i'm just a small object and everything else is a ginormous. And, and like, there's this thing that's waiting in the corner, but I, I don't know what it is. And so like, I obviously, I run back and forth between my parents' room and my room and it's down the hall. And I just always go back and forth for some reason. And I go back to my Which room and then I lay down, but I can't get it. Yeah. But then, I, and then I always end up going back to the room, even though I still know it's still there. So it's just like, ran, these are like the random dreams and like the things that have shaped my, my horror. Is
2: it like in a loop? Like it doesn't stop?
1: It doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's always until I wake up. It's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. So that, that's kind of okay. anyway. So that I that's my experience. Of the horror. I love this time of the year. I love Halloween. It's the best, in my opinion. I always love trick or treating because of the candy. But then yeah, <laughs> the other the horror shaped that uh, as well. And uh, I was the worst at dressing up. I'm not a good costume person. I wore Scream like five years in a
0: row. Oh, Scream! One year. Yeah, I'm, i, legit, <laughs> I mean, it's in the movie. It's the easiest costume in the world.
1: You literally just wear a black cloak and put the mask. Hell on, yeah. Right? <laughs>
5: Um. So, anywho, I was a a vampire. I got like contacts. It was my first year in college. Molded like, damn son, and like fucking fake blood and shit. It was legit. I wonder if I have pictures, but that was from a long time ago. Um, But my dream. I've had. I have a similar dream, but my dream is. uh, I always every few. It may not. It may not be every month, but every few months, I'll dream of. Have you guys ever seen the Neverending Story? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> but so anyway, you know, and uh, so it's towards the end of the movie, but where the giant—I don't remember his name—but like the stone guy, the g- giant ma- guy made of stone, and he's like looking at his hands, and he's like, "These hands, these hands are so big and so strong, and they can do so much." But, like, and he has like a whole monologue. I don't remember the all what, a, what he exactly says. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, "These these hands, they're so big." And they're so powerful. And they can do so much. And then it'll go back. It, like, loops. It'll go back to me, like... And he's sitting on the side. And it'll go back to me, like, walking up to him on a road. And, like, he's sitting in the corner of the road. And he's looking at his hands. Hmm. And it's just, like, constantly, like, I'm in the same loop. And it'll happen every few... Every few months, I'll have the same dream. And it's only because I've seen that movie. Ever since I saw that movie. Huh. I have that dream of that one particular scene. Yeah. It's weird how like our minds
2: will take fragments of our reality, just
5: random fragments, and then insert them into like a scary experience. From what I have analyzed on myself, I usually have that dream when I am extremely stressed out. If I'm like, if there's like a life problem occurring, the last time where I had this dream in in a loop was when my grandmother died, and it was just like I was having it. I, I couldn't sleep for days. Right, 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 right. And it was like a whole, it was a thing. And I told my brother, and he's like, you're fucking crazy. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> and my dad, like, I mean, we were in, like, high school. So he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Get out of here. Right. So. It's just, but yeah.
1: the mind is crazy, man. And I, I I think half of Halloween is, right, like, all of, um, like, your mind imagining and creativity Halloween, that, like, leads October's into October is the best
5: month. Just so everybody knows, October is the best month. October Fest. But yeah, it's so amazing. Like my movie, my exorcism movie, because I know everybody has an exorcism movie um, that I thought was really, really good. But like the ending, I don't. Maybe I'm confusing this with um, the exorcism of Emily Rose, but uh, Devil Inside Me or mm-hmm. Devil or Devil Inside or something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> devil Inside Me, I think that's what right. right it is. That movie was so <laughs> good. I, I like it. It wasn't so good. I thought it was very enjoyable for the piece of shit exorcism movie it was. And you never get to see what the ending was. I don't know if they made a second one or not, but it was very similar to Emily Rose. And I always just like, I always thought, like, if they had shown or if they had continued the movie for five more minutes with a little bit more exposition, it would be, like, slightly below The Conjuring. But, like, by far, my favorite horror movie is The Conjuring. Me too. By far. Mm -hmm. Just because it's like. Actually, shot well. The cinematography is so fucking good, and like the music, the acting, the, to be able to get little kids, and we'll talk about Stranger Things in a minute, to be able to get little kids to act is pretty hard. And I think that the I think the Conjuring was one of the first few horror movies that did it well.
0: And it's based off of real life.
5: Yeah, no, that's right, all right, right, right. movies say. I don't really.
0: Well, no, I mean this is literally like the couple that is there, like, they were actually real people. Yeah.
5: Right. My, my biggest thing with exorcism <laughs> movies, I was so disassociated with them for the longest time, and Adam, you can chime in on this if you choose, but my brother and I would always watch, like, these scary movies and shit, and we'd be like, this never happens to brown people. Like, we would think of, like,
4: Jordales and, yeah, that's
5: like, okay. Dan's, and, like, all these, like, different things, and I'm like, this happens to white people when they do like they don't pray. White people don't pray. <laughs> yeah. My brother and I would look at each other. We'd be like, you know, this is why we go to the Monday and we pray, like when we were younger. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, man, maybe it's something real. The guilt mechanism. <laughs> like, but and 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 my thing with like exorcists and like ghost or demon type like stuff, whether in media or in real life, is like the solution to this problem in India is like if you have a haunted house or like a haunted area of any sort. You know what they would do with that area? They'd burn that bitch to the ground and then they'd make like a temple there. Yeah. And they'd make true, a mustard that's, that's true, that's true. Where they where the word of God would always be said. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, and I'm just like, come on, white people, like y'all are really good at making churches. Like, look at Joel Olstein. Fight me, bro. <laughs> Fuck your 700 club. Um, you know, fucking help these people out here drowning and shit. So you got put on Twitter, motherfucker. Um <laughs> <This is gold. laughs> <You're the day! laughs> <laughs> but like that was that was always what like my brother and I's like biggest thing with like watching exorcist movies was like like this shit would never happen like we pray we pray every day this wouldn't happen to us this happens to white people they're fucking heathens they don't pray like this happens to Americans and then and then you have that experience and, you and you're like oh shit this happens to everyone <laughs> and then you have
0: I want to chime in uh, to a point that, you're, that you made where what really scared you was something that you didn't see in the movies. My first experience with a horror movie where I was legitimately, I legitimately screamed out of fear type of thing, not just like, Ooh, oh, I got jumped I got because it was here. a really loud noise. Of course, I'm going to react because I'm a human being type of reaction, but was actually the first insidious movie. Yo, it's when the,
5: when it the dude came up. Fucking when the dude fucking weird. came up. And, yeah. I, and I've talked about this with yeah, you, Karen, yeah, 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 yeah. before.
0: Where, guys, we're um, watching
1: a scary movie after we filmed this. After we, uh, produce I have a test tomorrow. You guys watch it on your
5: damn solo by yourselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and. So, I kind of remember what the movie was about. Uh, I never watched past the first one. I think there's about three movies out now. Um, But it's basically this kid gets kidnapped into this, like, spirit demon realm, and then the parents have to try to get him back, more or less. This is an
5: astral projection movie. An
0: astral projection, yeah.
5: Yeah, so he goes into, Um, like, the astral plane, because he has that ability.
0: Yeah, And, like,
5: his dad comes, because his dad also used to have the same thing. And then...
0: continue. Yeah. Um, And then dad tries to save them from that world and that world was really cool like, it was It was really like how how it really they yeah. uh, visioned it. it was that was really cool mm-hmm. um, but there's this demon like red face demon uh, think like Darth Maul without the horns and the black accents on the on the face makeup mm-hmm. but they it's like the dad and then a concerned person who's not like the mother or, or like uh, any other rela- relation to the parent to the dad or the kid and they're talking at their kitchen table and they're like going back and forth, and the camera goes like right on the dad, and then it switches to the to the girl, right on the dad, and there's not like a, a over the shoulder shot or anything like that, but there's like it cuts to the girl and she's about to say something, and then like her eyes widen, and then it cuts to the to the father, and the red faced demon is right fucking here, like like next to his ear and neck right there, just doing like a wide eyed stare, and that was the only time I've ever screamed at a horror movie. was that moment and i want to rewatch i really do want to rewatch that movie because there's a lot of things that i miss a lot of other scary stuff that i missed too um like i was watching because i was trying to like get over this stupid thing of like why why did just like a face right there scare me like come on tori like what are you doing and i like rewatched the scene and it's there's like a, like three other scary things that happened in that whole house scene. I'm like, I didn't even realize this. And, I, and like the other thing was just like being subtle and then it kind of built up. I, I really want to give that another another watch because I, I think it will might be another favorite horror movie.
1: I'd be down. Like I said, I don't think, I don't remember Insidious. And so maybe I should, I'm down to watch it again. But on the while we're on the topic of movies, right? What are, your, what are y'all's thoughts on movies versus shows? So meaning, like horror? Like, yeah, like, horror, 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 like stylistically, whether they they're you know successful, whether you think they're actually scary, like the in the show that I'm thinking of is American Horror Story.
5: So would you include The Walking Dead in that genre? Nah, you I don't would? think. Right, would that's you not know, horror. You guys,
2: I mean, that's what I think. I think I think shows um, that exploit your sense of suspense are the ones that are really successful. So, like, they get you hooked, like, in one, wanting, having you want to watch the next one. Like, oh, what's about to happen? I feel like horror shows are great. Like, for me, they, they're not scary unless they have that suspense element, or they attract me, or they entice me to keep watching. I'd usually prefer movies over them. Yeah. Personally. I don't think that
5: there are very many horror shows. Like, if you don't count Walking Dead, then I don't think that there are very many. At least I don't know that there are very many horror shows to kind of choose from. Anywhere. Some
2: I feel like it's weird because some of the best horror shows are like standalone episodes where there is no continued story or timeline.
5: Wait, 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 wait! Supernatural, duh. That's
3: like... Goose, Goosebumps movie. was like that. Goosebump, Goosebumps, Goosebumps was isolated things. things like that. But, um,
5: so was afraid. Are you afraid, afraid of the Dark. Yeah, But I'm talking about like now. Yeah. I'm not I'm talking about like within the last 10 years. I'm not talking about like... Oh, is that what you, mid, Oh, okay.
1: Mid-2000s. Yeah, like Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark, um, Tales of the Crypt. Yeah. Um, but you also have... The, I'm talking about the new ones. Like The, the one specifically I was referencing was American mm-hmm. Horror Story. Like, What are y'all's thoughts on that entire series? Because it seems to be successful, the fact that it's come back four or five seasons now, six seasons now. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I mean, I watched a few episodes. Honestly, I can't say that I've watched enough of it to give you a, an answer. Fair. That's 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 my
2: answer. Yeah, Fair. I, I ain't seen it, so yeah. I can't say. It. Okay. I, I think, think that I think
5: okay.
3: I think the first season was pretty scary, but it, it went downhill real quick for me. I don't think the newest stuff is uh, very interesting. Okay. That's what a
0: lot of people say, and a lot of people have told me. Yeah. About it.
5: I think horror movies and horror media is is very interesting. There's a lot of psychology that goes behind. um,
3: Especially the type of format you decide to present it in.
5: Absolutely. And that's why, like, one of my favorite Halloween or horror movies, and I'll let you continue, Adam, is um, The Babadook. Just because, and spoilers, because, like, this movie's been out for years now, so deal with it. But The Babadook is one of my favorite poor representations of grief and PTSD it's so it good. it is so good and I understand where people are like oh that's kind of corny like and they figure it out in the first 15 minutes but like the way it is presented I think it is original to be able to show you what a mental illness can do and to me like as a person that studied psychology and all that like I think it was great I thought it was amazing and I definitely give um, I definitely give that movie like, 3.75 Soggy Mangoes and would definitely watch it at any given time. It's worth multiple rewatches. Asif, have um, you seen the movie? The no. movie? You've never no. seen no. it? No. It's, I it's would, good. I
2: would... We I should have watch a that comment, movie. I have a comment about the movie that I feel may ruin it for you. Go for Go for it. Well, Cause I Because
1: he, he said that there's a... That you could probably figure it out in the first 15 minutes anyways. Well, if if you, my if, thing is...
2: I, I don't know if you could... And, I, and, I didn't personally. I guess, right, yeah. Well, I guess my I figured it is, out because well, anyway. I guess my question is for y'all two that have seen it: Do you feel the movie would have been better if they did not reveal the Babadook, like if it was left no. up to the watcher's imagination of what it is? I- the
0: the point of the Babadook, and and this isn't my analysis of it, is that for that woman and for that family, that is what grief looks like yeah. to them.
5: It's a personification, so if you don't show that... Yeah. The whole entire movie leads up to the reveal of yeah. what that is. Mm-hmm. So if you don't show it, it's very dismissive of the entire movie.
0: I mean, it's just the fact that it, it personifies this being, this these feelings into that form for that family. Like, right. the, They should never ever do this, but if they were to do like another movie of it or something like that I feel like it would be represented in another or personified in another way yeah type of thing
1: so could you guys explain it really quickly
4: it's uh... oh so
0: um I think it came out in 2000... 2014 14 I was gonna say 13 that's pretty close so it's very fairly recent it's been on Netflix for for a while I don't know if it still is it might it might mm-hmm. still be for October type of thing um, but it's basically about this single mother who has a child uh, about 10 years old. So very still fairly young um, or maybe nine or eight type of thing. And their father was killed in an accident. And the woman is trying to deal with this and, and, and the son is dealing with this grief. Both are dealing it in very positive and very negative ways. The, I think the boy is getting bullied or trying to beat up people at school. Um, the, the woman, the mom is not really being, uh, supportive. Well, that She's too. Not She's not there. being supportive. She's not being there like for her son or for her community type of thing. Um, and for herself to, to be quite honest type of thing. And this thing is being manifested in front of her and dealing with it. And like, you know, they get like the scary points mm-hmm. and the junk and like, like really good Solid jump scares, not like a lot of movies where it's just like, "Dun, there you go," type of thing. Um, and it's really beautifully shot, and it it's it ha- it's from Australia too, so it's not an American movie. And it's shot in a way, or it's colored in a way. Excuse me, where it's just bleak, it's just bleak of color. Everything's really pale, but it, but the colors are pale, but it's really high contrast. If you can kind of like it's picture like that,
5: black and white. And gray and blue and blue
0: and that's really and, it and
5: like that's the entire scheme like yeah there are other colors in it, but you can definitely tell like it's supposed to be a dark movie mm. like the
0: color like the color itself is drained and the <clears throat> neutral colors are really heightened and contrasted which is really really cool and I talked about that in my film camp that I taught this past summer and it's I it's one of my favorite ones it's like right after the conjuring series
5: yeah. It's, I I would say that The Conjuring, I haven't seen the second one, but Insidious, I haven't seen the second Insidious either, but Insidious, Conjuring, and The Babadook are by far probably the best horror movies that have come out in the last few
0: years. I would add It Follows to that list personally. It? It Follows. I haven't seen that. And It, the new It.
5: I've heard the new (laughs) It was really good. Bro, it's the highest grossed. And, to and, Tori kinda, called, and Tori called it to be fair Tori called that shit like two weeks in advance she was like bro it's going to be it's going to be the shit
0: yeah and she to goes, go back to what we were going to talk about next of kids things. acting it's kids oh, right. acting um yeah.
4: it's so
0: it's the, so the whole point of it if you do not know not of the series of or anything <laughs> like that i'm not spoiling it is that there is this there's this malevolent being that it, that resides in this town called Derry and it's a it's a it's a makeup town from Stephen King, from the novel. And it's this being that comes out every 27 years to haunt children and to basically take their life force. And But the thing is, because we are all adults and we consider all of us adults, so there's a lot of different Thanks. fears that... You're welcome. There's a lot of fears that we would have that Generous. might be different from a kid's fears. So... Uh, the movie, and also with the one with Tim Curry, like way back in the day, they they show kids' fears and what they're fearing. So, we might not necessarily be afraid of, let's say, clowns or or spiders or dealing with womanhood type of thing. But for those children in that time period, those are one of the like that's something that is really prevalent in their in their fear and. It's, I, it's just so cool because it, it like focuses on the kids and I know it's like a kids it's a kid story but not for kids kind of like stranger things and that fact um, but they just do it so beautifully and and, and, and in the new it where that they, they do it really beautifully for um, the girl I totally forgot her name Beverly they do a really awesome job with her arc
4: Beverly, um,
0: Beverly. and to go on with that, yes, the the uh Finn something or whatever is in there from Stranger Things, and that's another really great example of kids that are that are acting really well and being casted for their age. And yeah. I know we shouldn't praise American cinema or or any cinema for that matter of like, congratulations, you have a, a, a story with kids and you actually like casted kids. Why well, like great job, but. I have to because there's shows like all around like glee and and teen wolf and all these other stuff that have like Riverdale. And Riverdale they have like 28-year-olds, 30-year-olds playing these high school kids. And like yes they're young and attractive and all that stuff, but it's just really refreshing to like see an actual 12-year-old playing a 12-year-old role.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no no, that's true. That's, that's a good big, point. Can we just can we just clarify clowns are never funny. Clowns are fucking scary at any day and age. I don't like clowns. I don't like clowns. I don't like clowns. I don't like it. Get them away from me. I don't understand why Why you would think I don't know. I don't like clowns. I was waiting for you know when the whole like clown thing was happening where people were like dressing up and like hiding in the woods and like scaring you and shit. I was waiting for a motherfucker to be standing in the woods. I was gonna beat that boy's ass (laughs) six ways from Sunday. I was so ready. We just I was going to rip his fucking mask off and beat him over the head with it. In, like, so in Richmond and all over Virginia a few months ago, there was, like, a thing where people oh, were dressed up as clowns and they oh, were, like, okay. hiding and scaring That's people and doing all this crazy shit. And I was ready. I was like, all right, I'm ready. I ain't scared of no clowns. I fucking afraid hate of... clowns. I don't think clowns are funny at all. And half the time, they end up, like, molesting little kids and piss me off. I don't <laughs> like clowns, bro. Adam agrees with me. <laughs> half the time. I fucking hate clowns, dude. Thank you. Half the time, they're like, fucking molesting kids and shit. You I'm telling you? It's like, a some, like drunk, some drunk old guy <laughs> making balloon animals and shit. Here's an eel. Here's another eel. Thank you, JD. You're doing great. Jesus Christ.
3: I'm just going like, like, ha, ha, ha. Yes, like, this is a very comforting visage. Like, yes, pale white makeup, red wig, giant bulbous nose. Right. Yeah, feel great. <laughs> but also, speaking of unseen horrors, I feel like you would really like um, It Follows. Yeah. Huh.
4: Yeah.
3: What's It Follows about?
4: Yeah. We should do just you,
3: pause it. Uh, uh, do you? Do want it to? It? It no, TV no, no, TV? no, no, no. I please take it, on it on away. Netflix? Take it away, Tori. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is?
0: Can, is it take it away, Penny. Yeah.
3: You've seen it. Yeah, take it away.
2: I've uh, seen the first couple of minutes, but I've not seen it. Okay.
1: Take S- it away. Turbo, Tori.
5: Let's see how fast you can do.
0: Are you going to time Go. me? Yeah. Okay.
5: Ready? Break down as fast Take as
1: possible. Again? Hold on. No, no, yeah, no, yeah.
0: No, no, no. Go. Are you actually timing? Okay. So it follows. It was on Netflix. It might not be anymore. But it's basically a huge metaphor for sexually transmitted um, diseases or STIs, now, now abbreviated. Um, what it is is this girl has sex with this guy and they... Oh.
4: scary Scary. scandalous
0: too and and so she starts seeing the this vision of a person you know relatively creepy walking towards her and now she kind of goes away starts walking forward uh away from this from this being and then it starts running towards her and then she goes into her house and she's good and it's like slamming on the door and and she's like what the fuck was that type of thing um but the form that she sees of this being or this demon, that type of thing changes every single time. So it's not exactly the same person. It kind of haunts these other people. And the only way to get rid of this demon is to have sex with another person.
4: Nice.
0: But the whole thing is kind of final destination esque where if that person that you have sex with dies, then it goes back to you, which what's happened, what happens to her uh, in the movie at one point. And it's just, it's haunting in the way of talking about like real life horror and the fact of diseases that you can't get it's rid that of. Real shit. It's the real <laughs> shit, and yeah, I, and I thought it was really beautiful. I mean, it, it's a little lame where it's it's like, oh, it's about like safe sex and and to it's like promote a
5: public service. It's, it's, it's
0: like trying to be a PSA, but I I personally don't think it's trying to be a PSA. And the soundtrack is by a chiptunes artist, so a video video game. Chip tunes.
5: Chip tunes. so oh, i always think that since you mentioned final destination and you can tell you guys can tell me if this is an accurate analogy or not but i always think that final destination is the fast and the furious of the horror genre or maybe even paranormal activity at this point where they yeah. made so many more and it's just more ridiculous yeah i can see that and it's just like soggy it's, it's, it, it's either between final destination and paranormal activity now because like you know, the first two Fast and the Furious movies, bro, legit. We didn't see anything like it. They revolutionized racing. Yeah. Right? And then we saw Paranormal Activity.
4: Changed it, it, like, the changed,
5: game. it changed the poltergeist game. Because essentially, that's what it is. It's poltergeist, but like with technology and more special effects. And the ability to do better. Well, like less. Although it was inc- incredibly low budget.
0: Yeah, less effects. Really? Oh, yeah. It was incredibly low budget. And it was just basically kind of showing what Asif was talking about. Like the unseen... Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It. It's like
5: Poltergeist, yeah.
1: Which, yeah. to be honest, that, that's another movie that I thought was incredibly scary the first time I saw it. And then I was like, well, eh, now they're making it more and more lame.
5: Yeah, exactly. And that's like. It kind of ruined it. Yeah, it did. And, but my thing was, was, like, Final Destination, I was like, shit, like, any of this could actually happen, though. That's why I always thought Final Destination was scary. Like, by far, me getting my intestines sucked out of my ass into a swimming pool and blown out of the boiler. Bro, that's a bad way to go. <laughs> that's what happens. I'm never gonna forget that. Um, right? Yeah, I'm never. never I'm never gonna it. forget that way of dying. Like, yeah, yeah, that and then the show "A Thousand Ways to Die." Yeah, bro. I've seen that. Like the soggiest shit ever. Yo, they do have some
1: crazy shit on Final Destination though. They I remember do. like the uh, the airplane stuff is yeah, something yeah, yeah, that yeah. I still think about. Yeah. Even though that wasn't even one of the main ways to no, die. It wasn't.
0: I always, I think this is the second one, but I always think about the the. Big wooden logs on the truck. Yeah, yeah. that scene. I think about that every single time I see one of those on the road, and I just like put my blinker on and get back from behind it. I go, "Oh, I'm gonna pass you." (laughs) Deuces. Bye. Don't want to die today. Bye.
1: Bye.
2: And then they got trucks with the actual warning on them, like "Keep your distance" or "Don't follow behind this truck." Was you not
1: strapped that tight enough?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Right.
0: But that kind of goes back to what we were all talking about with your looping dream of just the yeah. media that we watch can affect can can affect yeah. us so viscerally. That's the
5: yeah. most scariest part, the meta game. The it's meta, meta, meta game. game is the scariest, right, Adam? Yeah. It's true. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm just fucking head. playing Flappy Bird right now. Yeah, <laughs> he
5: he's like, yo, this is an iPhone dog. I can like oh, take shit. pictures now. I can do lots of things. I can like look on Reddit now. Oh, Compelling God.
0: commentary,
3: Adam. Nah, I was reading about. I was reading about the Duke. So
5: we're gonna talk about serial killers. I know. I, I want to
1: hear real, y'all.
5: yeah Like the real scary stuff. So my conspiracy theory with Ghost Rider, right? Let me go back. Throwing it all the way back to the beginning of the episode. So Reading Rainbow went off the it. air before Ghost Rider was a thing, right? Okay. Go- the ghost in Ghost Rider is the spirit of LeVar Burton.
3: But LeVar Burton is still
5: alive. <laughs> I know, but in the show, since the show got canceled, right? Reading Rainbow <laughs> was the progeny. Progeny before, right? Yeah. censor. Predecessors of Ghost Rider. All of those people in Reading Rainbow, their spirits when it's that typewriter, dog. Okay. Now, so,
0: this
5: is <laughs> my, like, music, that's my that's my soggy conspiracy of the of the episode. And then, <laughs> but
2: and then that typewriter is used by DMX to write his rhymes.
0: That's why it types <laughs> so slow. <And>, you right? <laughs> and he can't
2: use computers, so he has to. He's a tech writer.
1: Sorry for exactly. post-editing. Exactly. Sorry?
4: Okay. <laughs> you right!
5: <Bro>. What? <laughs> X. I think this is a game. Um, so we're going to talk okay. about serial, serial killers real quick, man. My favorite serial is Captain Crunch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it definitely maims your mouth.
5: For real. It's the sharpest cereal ever
3: tear that shit up
5: so serial killers dog serial killers, serial killer. i think what it's works. interesting what's um, a serial killer a serial killer a s- is defined by the fbi as a person that has committed more than two acts of murder in a sequential pattern where there is a well where there is three a pattern. three is it two or three three is it three okay Three mm-hmm. is three or more murders where there is a pattern and a distinguishable factor, a distinguishable factor between all three of those murders or however many more may, or may have been committed.
3: Trivia. The distinguishing factor is also known as a calling card. Calling card, oh. right.
0: And or he MO. Got,
3: he got today's daily double. Or a um, type. Or the a MO is, yeah, the MO is uh, the,
5: the MO process. Modus
3: operandi. Mm. Correct. Um, Latin Latin for way of operating. Way Who would
5: have guessed? Gosh. Um so I'm strange. still gonna say that the best serial killer show this is Dexter. Is I that's never funny. finished it, but know that was a baller show. So What's shout it? out to Michael C. Hall. That 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 dude was a real deal. He he shot that show while having cancer. Which show is this? Dexter. Dexter, Dexter oh shit. Yeah. So Shout out to cool. the
0: first couple seasons of Dexter. Shout
5: out to up to season five. Everything else was all also butt. Yeah, Yeah, things got really awkward
3: awkward when they tried to push him and his sister because, like, they had technically gone through a divorce and it was really weird.
5: Yeah, 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 oh yeah, dude, when I found out that they were, like, real life, like, they, like, eloped and all that. Anyway, not the point. So, Tori has a couple of favorite serial killers. Um, I'm gonna venture to guess that they're all domestic.
3: Also, also, can I just point out, as an aside, that it's kind of weird that we're talking about our favorite serial killers?
0: No, man, part. I told you not to judge, it's, and you're the judging. Whole point,
5: the whole uh, yeah. point is that it's the psychology behind how fascinating it is that we have the ability to say that this is our favorite type of serial killer. With I also said, do want to point out. It doesn't out. mean that
3: it's not morbid. I also do want to point out there is a really morbid corner of the internet that one hundred percent romanticizes serial killers, like full stop. And, oh, I believe sure, that. Oh, I, don't I believe it. that
5: too. I'm not even surprised by that. Yeah. Was that like or, an Let's like, let's like, let's change it. Let's say these are our most fascinating cases. Fair case studies. Yeah, I mean, and, and from a psychological perspective, yes, truly, these are some of the most fascinating cases to me.
3: These yeah. are their stories. These are dun,
5: their dun, stories. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. We got all the shows. <laughs> and,
3: and
1: I probably, I'm not going to mention an actual serial, serial killer because I don't know enough about them, but I will mention something else that hopefully you guys don't talk about. So totally take, it away, yeah, take
0: it
5: away, Penny. Take it away, Penny.
0: Turbo That's going to be my text tone. So, to answer your question, uh, yes. Uh, I figured you would probably go for the international route just because you like to do that. And I did the domestic route. Um,
5: Dude, what a taxi! So. Yeah, we got this, bro. We're all inclusive.
0: Uh, so yeah, you got your. your... We don't discriminate
5: on people who kill other people. <laughs> <laughs> don't put them behind bars.
0: Equal, oppor- <coughs> equal, equal opportunity. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you have your um your Albert Fishes, you have your Bundys, and all that good stuff, and Ed Gein, which is a very interesting person as well. Um, My boy Dahmer. And Dahmer, and you got, of course, you got Dahmer. And fun fact: the character and Psycho, the He's the son, is, American is Psycho, or Psycho, or Psycho? Yep. Uh, Psycho. no, in Se- Hitchcock's Psycho, it's oh, okay. based off of Ed Gein. Oh, hmm. I
5: thought it was Dahmer.
0: No, Ed Gein. Huh?
5: Well, yeah, because he wanted because he was
0: like trans, like being trans, trans yeah. thoughts and wanting dressing up as a woman, that type of thing. Yep. Huh? You know, a normal Wednesday, Ain't but. A normal Wednesday. <laughs> But I wanted to talk about um, a serial killer that I recently learned about uh, that I did not know about. Um, I've been recently listening to a horror podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left.
5: Obviously, that's a good podcast.
1: Damn right it is. Election November 7th. Go out and vote. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Plug, plug
5: that in. The least. best subliminal message ever. Rough <laughs> word <Ruffler> for governor. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, shit. Plug that at the end. It Plug that okay. at the end. <laughs> I will.
0: Um, so yeah, I've been listening to this this podcast called "The Last Podcast on the, on the Left," like the house, the that's last house on the, the right. left type of thing. Uh, a play on that, and it's like over two hundred episodes at this point. It started around 2011, 2012, um, and I'm like on episode seventy five, like continu- like listening to it continuously. So I've I've been doing a lot of driving because that's when I <laughs> that's when I listen to it. Um, but they mentioned this serial killer before, and then they actually did like a three-parter episodes about it, and I, and I listened to those specifically, so that was... Do you recommend it? Oh, I highly recommend it. I mean, they talk about real real life horror, so um, like the Illuminati, the cults, serial killers, that type of thing. But They also talk about um, horror fiction, and movies, and vampires, that type of thing. Okay. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It's, it's all across the spectrum. Sometimes they, like, joke around things that you shouldn't really laugh about.
4: Um, <laughs> Can you give an
0: example? They talk about really serious stuff, like serial killers and all that, and a way to decompartmentalize, like, their evil doings is, is laughing and having commentary on that stuff. And and they have, like, these very high, heavy, dense research episodes, but then they also have kind of shoot-the-shit episodes. I really love it, and some people feel a certain type of way about all that stuff, sure. but... Laughter is definitely one of those one of those ways to kind of deal with horror or yeah, deal yeah, with right. fear or anxiety or whatever type of ill feelings that you have. That's what I did
1: in the forest. That, I... <laughs> that is what you did in the yeah. forest. I heard your I heard your laugh for a little bit. <laughs> so so what was your soggy mango uh, score for that
0: for that for podcast? podcast? Um, I'd say like four. But anyway, so back to back to it. Uh, they first mentioned the serial killer just kind of off the off the cuff. Um is a person named H.H. H. Holmes. Oh. And I've never heard of this person before until this podcast, so that's why I want to give them kind of a, a shout-out. Um, oh, wow. But this is considered the America's first serial killer, and more specifically, America's first urban killer. As in, city. like, city. <laughs> um, he was before but that's Jack what, the Ripper. He was during the time of Jack the Ripper. Or he's an
5: American Jack the Ripper.
0: So this is during the time where Jack the Ripper, uh, you know, going around London... Killing women, cutting their boobs off—you know—while um, that is happening, they were per- in the newspapers. America was portraying like, oh, that's happening over there. America, this will never happen here. Like, thank goodness. So that mindset was being presented throughout America, basically, and especially in the cities. And so he operated in the 1890s, around the same time as Jack the Ripper. And what he's most famous for is building an actual literal murder castle.
4: <laughs>
0: and I'll I'll extrapolate on that so extrapolate extrapolate it's my it's my ten dollar word right there so and I want to mention this because it's an awful name he was born as Herman Webster Mudgett yeah, yeah. which is which I can <laughs> see why he changed his name eventually and continued to change his name um but he was up he was from the New, the Northeast like New Hampshire New England area and um was. Really scared of doctors and medicine, and then, as the story goes, a bunch of kids that always bullied him locked him inside of this abandoned doctor's house, uh, office, excuse me, and there was, like, a real-life skeleton in there, and it, like, made that fear go away and, in fact, did a complete 180 and got him really interested into medicine and doctors and death and all that. Um,
1: did he end up becoming a doctor?
0: Yes, he actually went to medical school. He's one of the first, one of the few serial killers that actually has a college degree. Huh. Which is very interesting. Um, within that, during this time, this was kind of like the rogue time of medicine where we're trying to learn about anatomy and all this stuff, but to ethically, or I should really say not ethically, <clears throat> learn about it was grave robbers digging up corpses
4: for cadavers and, and cadavers yeah, yeah. for
0: autopsies, because at that time, like, performing an autopsy on your your loved one or anything like that is just... Why would we do that? Well, it, was, it was considered mutilation. Yeah, mutilation and heresy and all that stuff. Right. Um, so this is like the lawless land of medicine thing. <laughs> and, you know, whenever you would see, like, skeletons in doctor's office at the time, it usually was a real-life skeleton from somebody, which is very interesting. Throughout his life, he... It, it, it said it said like throughout throughout the whole thing he was a very handsome man or handsome at the time you know he was he was a con man at at heart who who killed like he would always commit frauds insurance scams try to quit make a quick buck quick buck and always and always try to make money and borrowed on credit and just never would pay back his creditors or de- his debtors, excuse me and. But the thing is, is that he was so handsome and had so much charm and charisma was that the debtors would come in, you know, storms of blazing and ask for their money. And then by the time they're leaving, they're getting a pat on the back and laughing each other and they leave. That's how charismatic this this H.H. Holmes was um, and just kept borrowing on credit and not paying people back. And that's kind of how he made his money alongside with these insurance scams or um, disfiguring cadavers and selling those bodies for money to science. And so he moved from kind of New England area and he went to Philly, Philadelphia and he worked at a pharmacy. And then, so he moves to Chicago and with, with Chicago, he works at another pharmacy and he takes it over uh, the, the owner, the, like the little wife and husband who owns it and starts running that. And there's a vacant lot across the street And that is where he builds this uh, World's Fair Hotel, um, also known as, like, the research community as the Murder Castle. And the kind of the main reason of why he wanted to build this was the, like, World's Columbian Exposition was coming, also known as 1893 Chicago World Fair. And I think it was maybe like a six-month period that it was happening but it was like more than two million people like went entered in and left the city during that time it was it was insane and he changed his name when he got to um, when he got to chicago he changed it to hh H. holmes now um with this murder castle how this was built it was three stories and the first story was all shops pharmacy jewelry store restaurant the second floor is hotels, uh, um, like te- temporary hotel stays, like hotel rooms, and then on the third floor was long term stays, sort of like apartments. Um, now, uh, but the cool thing about this murder castle is that he had supposedly, supposedly, um, over a hundred contractors work on this castle on this kind of building, where at a certain point he would hire this person to to let's say build a stairwell and then not pay them and say, and not pay them say, Oh, you did this wrong or anything like that and fire them before he would have to pay. And then at a certain point he would hire another contractor and he would just keep doing that and doing that. And so that nobody else knew the plans of the house except for him. And you might think that's kind of like, what if you run out of contractors, that type of thing in such a, in such a city, but that's the thing. Like The the turn, the turn of the century, of that, that's where the Industrial Revolution is coming in. People are moving into cities. And now that they know that the World's Fair is going to be there, everyone kind of wants to set up shop and get their start there. So with one contractor being fired or or taken away, 10 more would be would be in their place. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. So he's, he had an endless supply. supply thing. And the same thing with his victims with the World's Fair. I mean, the, this is kind of also another time where women are being a little more independent. And can go into the big city and, and do something for themselves. What was the time frame? 1890, so almost. about the turn of the century, yeah, I was gonna say almost.
1: So 1919 was when women got the right to vote, so it's probably yeah. Before
0: yeah. yeah, and so this is kind of when they're getting a little more independent. And same thing, all these females would go to the World's Fair, or go to the big cities, try to you know make a name for themselves or to move out. They don't, they're not really dependent on their family anymore or a husband because it was either like. You get a husband, or you stay with us, or you, you just die. You know, life expectancy wasn't that long back in the day, so there was also another, enli- uh, another endless supply of victims as well that wouldn't really be remembered. Yeah, if they were if they were killed. For. He has confirmed there is a, con- a confirming of nine victims from him, but and like I said, he's he's like a universal. He's like a classic psychopath. That's just always lying, always bragging. Uh, about his accomplishments and oh, and just and having sex with all these women and all of that. So he, we can't really necessarily believe all of his accounts that he's written down. So he says it's about 20 victims or 27 victims, but it's really up to between 20 and 200 estimate. <laughs> so inside of this murder house and this is just blows my mind like I, I have to appreciate this from just like a psychotic standpoint this, yeah. is, this is so weird this is, this is so awesome so you would have the second floor where you have uh, people stay but he would have staircases that and that go nowhere. He would have doors that would just have a brick wall behind them. He would just have all these different things going on in this this huge mansion, and it take and it's a really big one. If you see a picture of it, it's not just like does it still exist? Mm-hmm. The building still still exists. Yeah, I think it's like a post office now or something. Something what? Really, <laughs> something really There's, silly. Do they have a movie on this story? I will get to that. So. And then with this murder house, they would—he had a, a kiln furnace in the basement and also an incinerator. And he would say to the contractors, "Oh, I'm just using it for glass blowing and all that." But it was just conveniently human sized, and they'd be like, "Oh, ha ha, that's really funny how this is human sized And he would laugh and laugh it off, and he would laugh it off that type of thing. Like he was just so charismatic that people were just like, "Okay." like why would i think that you would be yeah. killing all these people because that's happening in england that's not happening here that's right. like i said that how i started this
3: is america
0: is this america like, right that right. type of mentality which is why i kind of preface this whole thing with that in addition to that he had gas lines going into every single room and all of those would lead up to his office that was either on the second or the third floor and with a flip of the switch he could kill whoever he wanted at any time that he wanted like gas chamber type of hmm. thing. And that's he would...
5: Awesome.
0: Right? This is so... It's just like, that's what? This
5: can't be real life.
0: But it was. That's but the thing. Is,
5: though, that's the whole thing. That, that When you think that a movie is scary, you haven't thought about what's actually happened. What, yeah, what's real.
0: And there's also... And, and it's just like a so comical in the way uh, with this next thing is that there was greased chutes coming from like the second floor to leading down to the basement where he could kill the, kill the people or like dispose of the bodies. Like that's, it's just, it's almost cartoonish in a way of thinking about that. But he alongside of that, so he killed a lot of people, but he would also um, burn the flesh off with acid or lye and sell those bones as skeletons to medical labs or schools. So he was also making money that way. Um. What
5: is lie? How do you spell it? L Y E. It's a very heavy base. They usually use it to um, you use it for fer- as a fertilizer in the ground. Oh. So what you do is in order to dispose of life, Well, I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> well, I understand. So why. I've heard from the various media outlets, and this may be fake news. What the mob does is when they get when they kill somebody, they put a hit on somebody. They Take lie and they'll bury somebody in the ground and they'll like they'll put a layer of lie, they'll put the body, and then they'll put another layer of lie on top of it, yeah. and then they'll plant flowers on top of it. Huh. Uh, or like, so I've heard, or so I've heard. There's, there's more efficient ways to dispose of a body though.
1: Faisal's thinking about how he can incorporate that into his next scheme.
2: <laughs> I mean, I just know lie to be something else, like
5: a slam what do you mean to something else. Uh, no. What is that for? Uh, for weed.
2: Oh no! Yeah. Well, wow. so many. Oh, well, we, well we, maybe because, it says, but like it's spelled the same L Y E, but we didn't Yeah, it's
1: pronounced like <laughs> lie. Damn! See, there's a bar right there. Bars. Uh, did bars, you did you
3: also know? Speaking of lie, another random trivia fact: um, it's actually pretty integral in making the perfect pretzel. Yeah, that,
0: that yeah, I was gonna say that. They use lie in pretzels. Fluffiness.
3: No, it's for the for the crust. The is
0: that what
5: crust? It is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, soft pretzels are better anyway. Ah. Uh, that uh, like like Fuji song that goes, Ooh, la la la,
2: it's the way that we rock when we do nothing. That's what I'm talking about. It's not la la la. la. It's, la, la, la. it's la. Hawaii. That's what she's saying. Huh. Oh.
0: Well, cool. That's yeah. cool to know. Um. Also in his office he had a sound soundproof, soundproof vault and he had like a string of of women that he that he had sex with and all of that. But he actually did marry about three women, but never divor- legally divorced them. They would either like mysteriously disappear or uh, I think one or two of the of the I think one of the women women that he married was one of the few women that actually survived coming in contact with him that intimately and still surviving. Um, and he, he, it's just fast. It's so fascinating how like psychotic this per- person was, but he was so full of himself. Like he, and they also mentioned that in, in, in that type of thing with serial killers, there's like a process about it and a product of it. So the process of the kill, like, let's say stalking or, or having, or, you know, like seeing torture, then there's also the product of like the actual death itself. And with him, it was both like seeing the process of people like worming in fear, like hearing them dying or, or seeing them dying, but also like the death itself where he would go and, and lie all the flesh off and sell the, sell the skeletons. Like the whole process of him just got him off immensely. And it's very, it's very, very interesting, to say the least, from, you know, from a psychological standpoint. And, well, yeah, just, like, always perpetually lying. And the thing that, like, actually got him caught was him doing something really silly. He, he moves to Texas. And in the midst of this, he's trying to, <laughs> he wants to steal a horse in Texas. Which, nice. in <laughs> Which... In that state, it is explicitly uh, hella legal where you'll be sentenced to death. Oh yeah, (laughs) the one state that you want to do that in—that's where that's the consequence of it. And he, when he was actually in jail for insurance fraud before this, like he was bragging to a cellmate of his who was like a an outlaw of the of the Out West, uh, bragging about this stuff and like, yeah, I'm going to be doing this this scam. Uh, very soon like if you have the name of a lawyer I can use like I'll give you 500 bucks and like help help me out with this and the guy's like sure here's a name of course he didn't pay him back because he never pays back anybody and so that uh, that outlaw named Marion Hedgepeth another great name um he's like well you never gave me you never gave me my money so he added an amount to the police and they kind of finally connected the clues after years of killing years and years and they just like couldn't, he was like Teflon. He just could not get anything to stick to this guy. And then it was a horse that did him in. guess
3: you can say he should have beat a dead horse. Ho ho ho. <laughs> or you shouldn't.
0: Or you, or should. you should. But. You should. Um, you should be. Went towards the end of where he got a sentence and like you're being sentenced to death, like, you're, you're a horrible person. Um, he requested to, and, and this is, like, direct from it, he requested to be buried in a pine box filled with concrete, buried ten feet in the ground, and more concrete on top of that. And that request was actually approved, and they, that's how they buried him that way. What?
5: Well, he was probably nervous because he didn't want his body to be exhumed. I, I mean, I'd imagine he, he didn't want anyone else to do what he did to other people. Where is he buried um, Arlington Cemetery, he was a vet. <laughs> <laughs> was he really? No, <laughs> no.
0: Um, he was, buried, he was buried in Philly. Okay, and of course, close enough. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, and I was reading an article. This came out like literally last month in September where they find, I think they found the body. What? Yeah, and it his was like body? Pr- his body, and it was pretty preserved. Um, I forget how they quoted in the article. So funny, where it's like this. Even the moustache was still pristine on the skull. (laughs) Always there. there." Always
5: there. with the curls, man. And
0: (laughs) and to answer your question, Faisal. So there's a book about him and another person who was kind of uh, nefarious during the World's Fair and all that. um, It's Devil in the White City. It was a book that came out um, in 2003. The there, it's ever since then, like maybe around 2005, they wanted to make a movie uh, adaptation of that book, and it just kind of hasn't really gotten any traction until in 2010 when Leonardo DiCaprio bought the rights.
3: Right. <laughs> what, but didn't make
0: right? Not so it Leo like it has his too. own production company and is trying to get this movie adaptation of Devil in the White City. That's cool, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Goes well. Me too, I, really... I, I I don't
2: want him to act <laughs> Well, in, though. Is... I don't, I don't want him to act in it, but I hope it goes well. <laughs> I can't picture him in a horror flick
0: though. Have you seen him in Django? Yeah. Shutter Island. Island, true. He's yeah. he yeah, yeah he wasn't Shutter Island, but he was very compelling. Yeah. He's yeah. so good
2: in both of
3: those. Jing- that's why Django is one of my favorite Tarantino films. But I feel so, like Django is
0: not a horror though. It is not, but like, Monsieur Candy is yeah. a very charismatic person. I, mean, I can see I mean, He's I, not
3: even French.
0: He's not even French. Yeah, don't speak French to him. <laughs> he doesn't like that. I, I personally don't know if he's acting in it or not. I do not know. That wasn't in the, the research that I found um, mm. as of the month of October 2017. But it would be very interesting if he was or not.
5: To start with... My list of serial killers, because I like to make lists. I'm a list she, guy. Had a, she had a story. Well, you know,
1: uh, you guys, this is awesome.
5: So, I'd like to, I'd like to take a moment and say that a lot of the stuff that you read about serial killers and a lot of the stuff that you read about these these people, because they are people, is either you know a lot of hyperbole, or it's been romanticized, or it's exaggerated to some degree. But let's not forget that these people were very, very mentally ill. These people needed help, and they did not have an outlet for what they were going through. I'm not justifying anything that they did, but all these people needed help, and they didn't have that help, and they acted on things that could have been very easily resolved with today's psychiatry.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So, none of the stuff they did was good, but to an extent, a lot of it could have been prevented. So let's not forget that, and let's try to remove the stigma on mental illness altogether. With that said, no, stop it! Stop it! That's true. That's good. With that said, I fucking hate clowns, and the reason is because of John Wayne Gacy. Yes. Fuck that motherfucker. Bro oh, man. Fuck that motherfucker. From nineteen seventy two to nineteen seventy eight, this motherfucker killed more than thirty-four people. So this dude was known to have murdered at at least at minimum thirty three teenage boys and young men. Right? Y'all gonna see a pattern of, of the victims here in a little bit. Who he buried in his crawl space in his house in Chicago. All these motherfuckers hanging out in Chicago. I know. <laughs> All these crazy motherfuckers in Chicago or New York, or, man. I'm telling you, man, Chinatown was crazy because it's built on the bones of like victims. Some bad shit going on there. And he was a clown. He was called. He was like. He, he was known as John Wayne Gacy, the killer clown. Hmm. And he'd go to like children's events and stuff, disguised as a clown. He was executed in 1994. Huh. Right. That's the first one. Or uh, Chicago. One Chicago. Chicago area, yeah. Let's say like the Chicago tri-state metropolitan area. Um, I, think my, I think the serial killer that I am most sympathetic towards, and if that's even a thing, is Jeff Dahmer. Because if you go on YouTube, you can watch a whole like 30, I think it's 30 or 40 minute, like his last interview before he went to prison. And it's very candid and it's very cerebral. You have to watch it and you have to understand the fact that like he's saying one thing and you can look at him and understand that he's saying one thing, but he is not there. Like he is, he is just saying what he wants to say and what he thinks the people want to hear.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Now that's interesting, but he is also very, very, very like candid. He's real. He said, yeah, you know, like, I killed this many people and I did this to them and I did this to them. And he tells in graphic detail what he did and why he did it. And let's see if I can pull up the numbers real quick because I like numbers. But um, I feel like if you don't know who Jeff Dahmer is, like, come on, get with the program. Um, (laughs) Like, for real. It's like saying you don't know who Charles Manson is. But essentially he killed a bunch of guys He killed young males between the age of 14 and 18 uh let's say 25 just to cover all of that and he openly admitted the fact that like he fantasized about doing these things like he he was a classic case study of a person that had impulse control issues he was somebody that was like like to be perfectly honest like we've all had intrusive thoughts we've all had like Weird fantasies, like we're just walking down the street and we think of like some crazy shit, but we would never. Maybe I can jump off of this bridge. Yeah, maybe I can jump off this bridge. Or like, what if I walked in front of that bus right now? Like, something crazy, right? But his problem was he would actually act upon the fantasies that he was feeling. And most of his tendencies were like towards males. And I think that this is also like a kind of a psa towards people that are in the lgbt community because a lot of serial killers like it it was probably it was pretty certain that those people were probably just gay and because there was so much of a stigma of being gay they couldn't like express themselves in a like
3: healthy proper healthy,
5: proper manner and they didn't have an outlet for that so they like resorted to like the most extreme shit possible right and that's one of the biggest, like, things that's uh, part of the um, Psycho movie is that that was a trans person that was going through that situation, right? And they didn't have an outlet. That, that, that person didn't have a way to, like, express themselves properly. Neither did Jeff Dahmer. I'm not saying what he did was right. By no, no stretch of the imagination is it right. But he, it, he said, you know, I used to frequent gay clubs and gay bars and this, that, and the other. And he used to fantasize about all these different things.
0: That's where the, he would find his victims, and that's
5: where he would find his victims. He'd lure them back to his apartment, like. And this was in the seventies. And this was in the seventies. Right. So one of the stories that happened was, and this is crazy, and this is what, and and this is what pisses me about off about like police, and the stigma against like the LGBTQ community, <laughs> and like just like. The bystander effect in general, is the fact that so. He lured a, and this was one of his last victims, it was an Asian boy, young Asian boy about the age of 14, 14 to 17. Jeff Dahmer? Jeff Dahmer's last, I think it was one of his last victims. Uh, he lured him back to his apartment, and he got him drunk and, like, was fooling around with him. And he started, like, doing, like, all sorts of, like, sick stuff to him. He started, like, cutting him up and, like, like, beating him up and, like, just doing, like, foul, like, sexual things to him. But, like, there was, like, a slip somewhere, and the, and the boy ran away. He, like, got out onto the street. And he was, like, completely naked, and he, like, ran away. Mm-hmm. And, like, people were walking down the street, and, like, this is in, like, a suburban area, or um, an urban area, excuse me. And people were, like, oh, like, you, there is a recorded phone call. You can hear the phone call that the person made to the police department. They were, like, hey, there's, like, this naked kid on the street. There's, like, a naked boy on the street can the police come out and take care of this and this, that, and the other. So when the police come to the location of where that phone call was made to go see what was going on, there was a boy that was there that was like beaten, beaten up in a bad way, naked, like clearly in a helpless position. And Jeff Dahmer. And like, for the time, again, it goes to like what Tori was saying. Like he was handsome for the time. He was like a good looking cat for the time. I don't think he's good looking at all. That's besides the fact. Um, but he had so much charisma, he was able to like smooth talk the cops, mm-hmm. and he was able to say, "Oh no, you know, it was just like he's my lover, you know." And he like kind of admitted to the police what was going on. He's like, "Oh, we just had like a lovers' quarrel, this, that, and the other." And you can hear the dispatch call that the police officer makes to dispatch to the uh, police station, and he says, "Oh, it's just." A guy, and they're laughing, they're cackling about this, like mocking what the situation is, and they're mocking the fact that oh he he's like oh it's just uh two homosexual guys and they're having some sort of dis like this domestic dispute, and they're just laughing at this kid that's like beaten up, and they don't realize like he's gonna be dead in a few minutes, but and like I guess you can say to be the fair, fair, how would they know? Yeah, but still, true it's, true. it's 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 the fact that. You don't see this person, regardless of, like, what was going on. Bruh, if I saw a naked person, like, beating up, like, bleeding on the street, I would do more than just call. Like, like if I was a cop, I would, like, call an ambulance. Like, I would get everybody on the street involved. Like, what the fuck happened? And fix this shit. Yeah, did you see what happened? Did, did you see what happened? But none of that. They, like, basically handed the boy back to Jeff Dahmer. He took mm-hmm. him upstairs and killed the kid. Yep. And they found his, like, head or, like, torso or something in his freezer. After that, like, caught him. But again, his last interview, you should watch it. It's, it's on YouTube. Uh, and he talks about it. He talks about exactly what he did and all of that. And there's a really significant amount of low self-esteem and the inability to have expressed himself correctly. And He understands that, I think. I, I do think that he genuinely understood that. Right. And he just didn't know how to take care of himself. He didn't know where to go with that energy. Right. Now, with that said, when he went to prison, he got shanked and he died. He he died within like I think the first month of him. You said he got shanked. Yeah, he, he got fucked up because people yeah. found out what he did. He got he got caught in prison for being yeah. like a you know a child molester, mm-hmm. essentially because that's what he was. Necrophiliac A necrophiliac cannibal killers, child molester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like forgive Jeff Dahmer was pretty foul. Like forgive, he did some foul shit. Forgive my uh, yeah. He tried
3: to uh, he tried uh, to drill holes down. into people and put a, like exactly. LSD in them, trying to mind
5: control them and shit.
3: Yeah, exactly. And That
5: was the thing. Um, he was trying to do all this, like, these crazy, he was like, and, and he says this in his interview. He said, I just want my own sex slave. And he was doing, like, experiment, experiments where he would drill holes into people's head and, like, try to give them lobotomies to, like, create sex dolls and sex slaves. What the hell?
3: Yeah. Yeah, man. And
5: he, and actually, now that I remember, that, that Asian kid had a hole in his head when they found him on the street. So, what was
2: he trying to do? Like, take some part of the brain out? He was trying to take
5: some part of the brain out where it would basically make the person functional. Uh, He was trying to create mind control. uh, Through, like, essentially, it was basically lobotomy.
1: Yeah, right, 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 right. He's experimenting on it. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It was wild.
0: Necrophilia is having sex with a
5: dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you mind if you guys say that? I said that. I didn't. Oh, okay. Um. So give you a little bit of a history lesson here. A little bit of a history lesson. Y'all ain't know nothing about this, bruh.
1: I like history.
5: I know you do. So. Bet you didn't know that the highest body count for a serial killer belongs to an Indian guy. What? Yep. Are you
0: proud?
5: I don't know.
1: Yeah, to be honest. I cannot confirm nor this deny a- this. <laughs> so <song> is. <laughs> um, that, um, yeah, that's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yo, the,
5: India needs to reduce this population, D-A- bro <laughs> Right, right um, So I'll give you a couple of history lessons Let me make sure I can go back and pull up the information correctly because I do want to make sure that it's accurate So give me one second um, So his name is Thug Behram
2: Thug
5: Thug, yes That is a Hindi word the word "thug" mm. was derived from this man's name. There's your hip hop lesson of the day, son. In Punjabi, they call him a thug. Like Obanda mm. That's what they say. Th- thug in Hindi or Punjabi means like you know what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, It means like a deceitful person, yeah. or like a bad person. Essentially. Yeah, right, right. There's a direct correlation of his first name, the creation of that word, and then it being used in America. Mm. That's where the word "thug" came That's from. So interesting. So. This dude, his name was Tuggy Behram. He killed more than, I think, four 400 people. He admitted to, like, 300, and he killed more than 400 people. Isn't that,
1: like, genocide or something? at some point?
5: Exactly. Right? Seriously. At, at, like, at what point do you just, like, you're just, like, all right, you're just going to, like, mass kill. Yeah, what the fuck? But he was the one that killed all those people. Well, I guess the genocide would classify as, like, a certain group of a people. A certain group of people, right, correct. So he actually had a cult. They were called the tugs. The thugs. So if you were a thug, you're in a cult. That's a bunch of fucking serial killers. So his MO, his calling card, his method of killing, was to take a ramal. A ramal is a like a handkerchief or a cummerbund, also known as. And he had like a, a medallion, like a gold medallion, tied in the center of the ramal. And he would... Strangle the person with the Ramal, and they said that he got so accurate with it, he would he would be able to just flip it over the person's head and the and the medallion would land right on their Adam's apple and he would just crush their throat. And he'd just kill them right there. That was his method of execution. And he killed more than four hundred people that way. That's crazy. That is a real deal, Holy Field. That's the guy that killed everybody. And I was like, man, why didn't Indian people gotta do, like, they're, they're like, they gotta do they great always, things, and they them always them. take things, like, to the way extreme. They?
0: What Was there a trigger um, for him to start doing this?
5: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that it had something to do with, like, the British East India Company, but there's hey, a when was this? book in the uh, early 1900s, around the same time as H.H. H. Holmes. Mm. It, it was it started on, like, just at it. give me one second, give you accurate dates because uh, it's very interesting to read. Um, let me see in the 19th century, so 1840 India. Okay, so that was like Four. right yeah. before well, way before, but right before um, yeah. India started realizing hey, we are like sovereign and we can like fight back the British and all that. Uh, <laughs> to... But he was executed by hanging in 1840. Uh, so it says he may have been involved in up to 931 murders by strangulation between 1790 and 1840. Fucking savage, yo! Yeah. And they that's, actually have a picture. Like the they have century. a they have a picture of the yeah. guy.
0: And that math, though.
5: They have a picture of the guy. Did they have a picture. And that's what he looks like. It's a good looking like. dude, I'm, right? Like he's not a bad looking guy. Actually, that's the they're, thing. Is and like, that's the thing. Like they're they're all so like decent and normal looking. If you want to see Adam yeah, J- Jeff. Dombor doesn't look that. Yeah, like, what the
4: he
3: heck?
5: No, he doesn't. Um, sorry, let me bring it back if you want to see. I saw. It. He there has a here. nice stash. Yeah.
0: The thing is, is that yeah. a lot of people stereotype killers and murderers as these like ugly horrid, or, yeah. ugly yeah. creatures, and, and yes, they are with their personalities. Yeah. But a lot of times, these people are very successful because of their charisma, or because that they're attractive, or because it's the God right place, the right time.
5: My my favorite, there's yes. air quotes and all sorts of, in in context, my most interesting are always uh, medical professionals that are able to kill easily. That is my, like, niche. Like Dexter? Like, I think it's fucking cool. Um, yeah, well, Dexter, yeah. I mean, Dexter is a blood splatter analyst. So, yeah. by far, the most double, triple OG doctor that was a serial killer, my boy Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. And the thing is, he was... That was a real person. Yeah, that was a real person. And you might think that it was based off of a dude in America, but no, it was a Mexican doctor that used to kill a bunch of people because he also had a gay lover and he was stigmatized for it and he, so he ended up fucking around killing a bunch of people. Mm. It's and real, yo. Yeah. and the stigma. Yo, for real. <laughs> Alright. And the most... uh also, there's a pretty interesting serial killer from um, Egypt, Adam, and uh, I'll tell you about him in a minute. But we gotta bring some ladies. We gotta bring some lady killers, bruh. Gotta you get the involved. Huh? Lot opportunity.
0: All about the equality. All about, All the, about equality, the
5: equality, bro. All sorts of equality. Yo, so this lady, serial killer lady, yo, she's badass, crazy, psychotic. She's Japanese, 1940s Japan, Miyuki Ishikawa. Over she had 103 plus body count. She killed more than 103 newborn children as a maternity nurse. Bam. Man. Fucking scary soul of a human being. If there was ever a djinn personified, it's this lady, yo. Yo, for real though. You um, thought Casey hundred, Anthony was bad. Yo, you thought Casey Anthony was bad? Bruh. She ain't even a fraction of so this I chick. Mean break it down for us like why as a a maternity nurse she killed infants born to parents unwilling to care for them during the prohibition of abortion in Japan arrested in 1948 and sentenced to four years in prison she only got four years for killing 103 babies son bruh what the fuck is that (laughs) let me see let me see one more person one more person this one's for Adam this one's for Adam um, fucking A, I just had it. So in the meantime,
1: while Karina is exploring, um, I'll tell you about my the thing that I was going to talk about serial killer-wise. Uh, one of my favorite... I always come back to movies. I always come back to movies. So one of my favorite movies that deals with serial killers, one of my favorite movies of all time, Seven.
0: Oh, so good. I've never seen that movie. Yes. One
1: of the greatest movies, in my opinion, that's, that's the Brad Pitt
5: eyes. and Morgan Freeman and yeah mm-hmm. that's Anthony Hopkins I think I've seen
1: it yeah so essentially with Seven is uh, about a, ki- a serial killer have you seen it Faisal?
2: no
1: I oh my god dude this is like totally up reality yeah. it's a, such a good movie Um, uh, but it's about um uh, a serial killer who kills based off the seven deadly sins which are what? Gluttony Pride, um, lust crime greed vanity what did you say? vanity vanity yeah and is that well there's Envy. one more one more
4: Envy
1: Envy, Envy. so yay um, it's just a remarkable the way that movie is shot it's just shot so 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 well and the story the acting is fantastic Morgan Freeman and, and Brad Pitt together do a, just a wonderful job um, as leads it's just a really good movie and the way it ends is, is crazy
5: okay so. I got it Adam, no, we're no. good we're good oh, well, we're gonna do it so Adam I got you on the, on the dude I had to look for him but I found him I was I had him his name Ramadan Abdel Rahim Mansour. Yeah, got stuck for like. Yeah. Masha Allah, uh, what a beautiful name. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh>. Jesus oh <laughs> Christ. Yeah. Or Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Um this dude was actually he's actually very recent. Are you ready? 1999
4: to 2006. What?
5: Ooh. recently active. Recently active. He was a gang leader known as the Al Turbini, the express mm. train, raped and tortured homeless children, mostly mostly boys, ages ten to fourteen. They rode the train between Cairo, Alexandria, and Quaylubeya, and Benny and Swift. Did I say all those correctly, Adam? I, I hope I, I tried. actually them. did. Try to say them as the best I could. Swift is a dope name. I want Swift. S. It's spelled S U E I F. And the victims were usually thrown off the moving train when they were dead or in agony. And other times, they were thrown into the Nile or buried alive. My dude was executed in 2010. It's a special place in hell for him. Wait, what's the body number? Body count? His body count was 30, more than 32. 32 plus little boys, man. Tell All in man. Egypt? All in Egypt, between Cairo and Suif. He he rode the trains, yeah. He did it on the trains, bro. A lot of Indian people on this list. I'm looking at Indian people fucking shit up, man. I was, I also. Too many. A couple of enemies on here scaring me.
0: I just want to mention this one real quick. Um, a really interesting thing in Thailand is that there is a serial killer there that would, like, eat children and eat children's hearts. And oh, yeah. They display the body in this public phone booth, more or less. It's like a burnt
4: corpse. Um, Didn't they his ass up they
0: in, that, in that phone booth? Huh? They lit him up
5: in that phone booth and they kept left him there.
0: Uh, I don't know if they lit him up in that phone booth uh, specifically, but just
5: put him in that phone booth.
0: But they, yeah, they, um, they, the corpse of it is inside of this, uh, inside of this box. I'll show you uh, a picture. There's Some sick people, yeah. And then, but yeah, live. and that, and it's just to like publicly oh my
2: god that is so scary yeah. that oh shit. my goodness i can't, can't believe this is real you show Adam that too. wow
3: that's okay dude
2: this is a real picture
3: pictures are usually real picture gtfo oh my god wait
2: how the how the rest of the phone booth not charred and everything.
4: No, I think they
0: they, burned they probably burned his ass on the street. And oh yeah, And yeah. oh. that's like the display case. Us. I'm
4: sorry.
2: Where is this? Thailand. They, they kept the body too. Yeah, bro. What? You they have, they pretty much like uh like sensationalized him.
5: Yeah. If yeah, you think about true. it. Yeah. Because after a certain time, it like. It'll it'll go backwards. It'll be like, oh, look at that guy. Like this is a, it's like a good tourist attraction at some point. Yeah. It'll it would have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, Sique. Sique. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Like I think yeah, like it was. Yeah, it was more ago,
0: like recent. he was so prolific and scared of him. Like they're displaying the body so that everyone knows that he's dead. Wow. More or less. Wow. And to like, so put
5: people at ease.
0: Exactly. Like.
5: Yeah.
0: To to like. Yeah, fuck you, but also put you at ease. (laughs)
5: Let me put uh, South America into the mix real quick, and then we can uh, wrap this up. Luis Garavido. Colombia, Ecuador, and Venezuela, from 92 to 99. Confirmed, 138. Alleged, over 300. Child murderer, torture, killer, and rapist known as La Bestia or the beast, beast yeah. confess to killing 140 boys between 8 and 16. Again with the gay thing, man. Leave gay people alone. What fuck it, what, your shit up, otherwise... No, I'm just kidding. Well, wasn't this Also very insensitive. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, did you say this was a woman? This is a guy. Oh, was a guy. Okay. Boys between the ages of 8 and 16 years old, over a 7 year period in Colombia and oh. neighboring countries, he is uh, suspected of killing over 300 victims, mostly street children. He was sentenced to 22 years in prison. So, I don't know if he's dead or not. Because usually people like this get fucked up in prison pretty fast. Yeah. Um, if I know anything about street and like prison culture, yeah. people like this don't last very long. As the case was with Jeff Dahmer. He got fucked up in like the first week. Um, but just to think, he was sentenced to 22 years. In 2027, he'll be out. Damn, son. So you can go back and do it all again.
0: Yeah. Or if he gets parole and might get out sooner. But yeah. this is... Good a, behavior.
2: This isn't in our prisons. What country is it? Salvador? Right? Uh,
5: Colombia, Ecuador, and Argentina. Yeah, uh, but like or... where
2: is he currently locked up? Like what I don't know. Country?
5: I think it's Colombia. I think he was uh, charged and sentenced in Colombia. Mm-hmm. And then was some bad prisons, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. They made Look the prisons down. like here. Yeah. Then it was like Damn. awful. Yeah, I know. But again... That is our Halloween episode. Hopefully it's morbid enough for you. We brought uh, media and real life together. Again, I would like to say that a lot of this is psychological. Please don't underestimate the needs of a person that is presenting themselves as a someone that needs help. Don't disregard it. Don't throw it away. Ask them if they're okay. It is okay to do that. They may be reaching out for you in one way or another but don't just ignore it everybody needs help sometimes and in this day and age there is no excuse for someone not to seek mental treatment if they need it
0: if they have the means to do it yeah
5: if they have the means to do it and even still there are better ways and more resources now than there have ever been for anything like that let's remember that these were people that to some degree did not have access to mental health care and didn't know what mental hygiene was. And so they expressed themselves in the worst, most inhuman ways possible because they themselves were finding or trying to find a way to become human. Please don't disregard mental health, don't put the stigma on it, remove the stigma. It's important. Everybody's going to be just fine because we don't make mistakes, man. It's just a little happy accidents. And with that, I want to wish everybody a happy Diwali because October is Diwali month. And and on that note, I want to also
1: make sure you get out and vote on November 7th because we have a critical election coming up here in Virginia. Um, There's nothing
3: scarier than our current presidency.
1: Yes. And to be honest, local politics and especially state politics affect you more than the presidential politics. So That's get out there sure. and vote. And and obviously, the gone. entire House of Delegates is up for election as well. Uh, so it's a it's a really big election. This this election, to be honest, defines uh, the trajectory for Virginia for the next ten years, given the fact that the census the next governor will be able to um, draw the lines for redistricting. So that'll kind They're of, trying to get
5: rid of
1: Yeah, we're trying to do nonpartisan redistricting and mm-hmm. one of the candidates. <clears throat> is um, not 30. for that. So uh, highly get out. I recommend you get out there and vote on November 7th. Exercise that right. Extremely important. And um, vote.
0: If you would like to educate us, challenge us, or provide feedback, write to us at our email, abvi.us.podcasts at gmail.com or tweet us at abviuspodcasts. Thanks.